Life Audio. Faith Over Fear is brought to you by Life Audio and is part of our Faith Toolkit series. For more inspirational, faith-affirming podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. Hello, and welcome to the Faith Over Fear podcast, where we attack our most pervasive fears with truth because life's too short for any of us to live enslaved. I'm Kimmy Miller. And I'm Tammy Whitrock. And here at Faith Over Fear, we're passionate about helping God's children live in freedom. We'd love to connect with you online or on social media. Just visit our show notes to learn how to connect with us. Hi, everyone. If you've been injured in an accident that was not your fault, listen up. We have legal professionals standing by to answer your questions for free. Call now and find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Call 800-497-4410. I'm here with spokesman John Wolfe. So, John, tell everyone listening who should call right now. Well, Maria, first off, thank you for having me here. It's always nice to answer the listeners' questions. Now, as far as who should call in, anyone who's been injured in an accident and think you deserve compensation, give us a call right now. 800-497-4410. You'll find out if you have a case and how much it's potentially worth. Thanks, John. You heard it, folks. Take advantage of this opportunity and call now. 800-497-4410. Advertisement sponsored by Legal Help Center may not be available in all states. Today, we're continuing our series of episodes on the life of Abraham as we examine the various fears he's experienced and how God met him there with grace and truth and love. If you've been following us on Faith Over Fear, you know, we've been talking a lot about fears, our internal fears or things that we deal with every day in everyday life. But today we're going to pivot just a little bit and we're going to talk about the fear of God which I'm so excited about. It's just something a little different, but it is such a necessity of our faith. It's this reverential fear. And I once read that it was the attitude of respect because out of response to who God is and how awesome he is. Like that kid in childlike wonder, like, wow, God, you're so big. And I don't know about you, Kimmy, but sometimes I can lose sight of it, especially when life gets hard. And when we don't have that anchor of reverential fear, hanging on to how awesome and wonderful he is, sometimes we can grow afraid or fearful. Like, you know what, God, I don't want to mess up. I don't want to displease you. Or maybe you think if I ask you for something, then God, maybe I'm not really submitted to your will. And I've been there, asked myself those hard questions. And maybe sometimes it even looks like if I ask, what happens if it alters your plans, God? Have you ever been there? Yes. You know, in fact, that last one really resonates with me because very recently our daughter was going through a bit of a health issue and I found myself almost holding back in my prayers because I want so much for my daughter to fall in love with Jesus and to trust him completely. And I'm praying for that. And she's not quite there yet. But in the midst of this health crisis, you know, I found myself wanting to pray for her healing, but also I wanted God to reach her there and, and meet her. And, and so I, I'll be, I didn't know how to pray. I know that sounds kind of crazy, but I think it is what we're talking about is that I had this fear that God, if I, if I pray for her healing, does that mean that I don't want you to reach her in all of this? Or will she know you? And, 
And what's going to happen? Like I had that much power to alter the plans of God. (laughs) Right, right. (laughs) But so I think understanding this topic of reverential fear and discussing it today is so important because I think there are many believers that sometimes are afraid to pray to God or to ask him things or having those conversations. What does that look like? Right. And you know, your story, Kimmy, is like the classic head and heart battle. We've all had it when the desires of our heart are coming in conflict with what our head is telling us we should or should not do. And I'm so thankful to have Abraham who tells us all about his struggle, right? And here is how he dealt with it in our verses today. You can join us in Genesis 18, 16 through 33. And I'm just going to recap the beginning of it. Abraham is with three men. We know one has been identified as the Lord and they're getting ready to go down into Sodom, which we know was a city of sin, of idolatry. And God was going down to say, is it as bad as they say? And he's really looking to see, is there any righteous left? And that's where we pick up in verse 20, Kimmy. Right. And just as Tammy said, here's where it starts. Then the Lord said, the outcry against Sodom and Gomorrah is so great and their sin so grievous that I will go down and see if what they have done is as bad as the outcry that has reached me. If not, I will know. The men turned away and went toward Sodom, but Abraham remained standing before the Lord. Then Abraham approached him and said, will you sweep away the righteous with the wicked? What if there are 50 righteous people in the city? Will you really sweep it away and not spare the place for the sake of 50 righteous people in it? Far be it from you to do such a thing, to kill the righteous with the wicked, treating the righteous and the wicked alike. Far be it from you. I like to read because there's exclamation points. So I'm just adding this emphasis. I like it. (laughs) Far be it from you. Will not the judge of all the earth do right? The Lord said, If I find 50 righteous people in the city of Sodom, I will spare the whole place for their sake. Then Abraham spoke up again. Now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, though I am nothing but dust and ashes, what if the number of the righteous is five less than 50? Will you destroy the whole city because of five people? If I find 45 there, he said, I will not destroy it. Once again, he spoke to him. What if only 40 are found there? Then he said, for the sake of 40, I will not do it. Then he said, may the Lord not be angry, but let me speak. What if only 30 can be found there? And he answered, I will not do it if I find 30 there. Abraham said, now that I have been so bold as to speak to the Lord, what if only 20 can be found there? He said, for the sake of 20, I will not destroy it. Then he said, May the Lord not be angry, but let me speak just once more. What if only 10 can be found there? He answered, for the sake of 10, I will not destroy it. When the Lord had finished speaking with Abraham, he left and Abraham returned home. Wow, there's so much to dissect here. My first instinct is to ask, why would you even get involved, Abraham? Like, why do you even care about this? Because he is coming before the Lord. You can tell he's a little nervous right? Trying to ask these hard questions. And I'm thinking, what do you have in this stake? Why go to battle against what maybe the Lord has planned? And we can see in Genesis 14, 12, that Abraham has family there. Lot, his nephew and his family are inhabitants of Sodom. And so he's like, hey, for their sake, Lord, will you save the city? And I love it. It reveals his heart motive and his why. And he's so good to remind himself of that continually through the scripture. Then we see that he's pleading his case. 
he is, it's actually showing his relationship with God is what I think is so cool, Kimmy, is you can see that he is in a deep relationship. He knows God and God knows him. And, you know, it makes me think of my kids. Maybe you can relate to this, but kids, they never have a hard time asking for things. <laughs> you know, even if they know the answer is going to be no, they don't hesitate to ask because they know they're loved and they know they have genuine relationship with us. And so I think of that, you know what? Kids never hesitate. Neither did Abraham. Even if he stumbled on his word, his heart was like, this is out of relationship that I can ask. And then we see that he takes one step at a time and he doesn't go from 50 to 10 right away. And, you know, I kept thinking to myself, why would he do this? And I think some of it is because he hoped, right? His family would have turned righteous. But I think he also doubted, are they really on the Lord's side or have they been corrupted by this city? So I think he was working through that doubt and hope at the same time, going from 50 to 10. But we see at the end, one of the most valuable lessons we can learn from him is that he continually, every step, honored God and humbled himself. I actually took a little takeaway from this story the other day when I woke up and I said, okay, I'm going to remind, remind myself of two things today, Lord. Number one, it's who you are. And number two, it's who I'm not, <laughs> you know? Yeah. So it's just such a good way to keep ourselves in check. Like, yeah, we are his sons and daughters, but at the same time, we are not God. So whatever we're doing in our ask is continually humble ourselves and honor who he is. And that's how we maintain that reverential fear. Right. That's so good. And I love to think about how I can apply that to my daily life. And when I can recognize those moments of when I'm, when I have a holy fear versus when I have a doubting fear, I think there is a difference between the two, you know, and right. and and not that it's not OK to doubt because we're humans and we're going to find ourselves in those moments of of wondering. But I think identifying maybe some applicable action steps that we can take will certainly help us in those moments to remind ourselves, you know what, God is who he says he is and he will do what he says he will do. And I'm still his child. And I can approach him with the things on my heart. And so I think that's the first step, right? Is when you're in those moments to identify and search your heart. Right. And take it before the father and ask him to, Lord, search my heart. Reveal to me what is there. And Psalm 139, 23, that's what it says. Search me, God, and know my heart. He already does. And so I think that there's this beautiful communion that happens when we approach the father in that way. And he's revealing to us the things that, Sometimes we don't even want to see in our heart and we can help identify those things to ourselves too and just put them before the Father. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I totally agree. We also see genuine relationship. We always have to keep ourselves in check there. I think it's the second part of it. After we identify our motive, it's like, all right, remind ourselves that we are in relationship with God. Yeah, he knows what's in our heart, but wow, he wants us to tell him. Like he wants us to be in this partnership. You know, we go back to the mother-father thing. Like think about your kids. You probably know what they're struggling with, but we just don't want to dive in and save them and rescue them. We want them to be able to come to us, open up and partner with them for taking those steps, where they need to go and what they need to work through. And it's exactly what we do with the father, just like mom and dads do their kids. And that leads us to step three. And, you know, step three is going to look a little different for each of us because step three is about praying without ceasing. Mm -hmm. First Thessalonians 5.17 reminds us of that. 
pray without ceasing. And then listen, listen to the father's response. What is he telling each of us? And this is where it's different. When I say it's going to be different for all of us, the father's response is going to be different. Some of us are going to hear, be still. Some will hear, wait. Some will hear, be bold, go forward, trust, take the step. And some of us, we will hear the answer, no, you know? And so I think sometimes the question can become, how long do I, when do I stop praying, Tammy? What would you say to that? When do I stop praying? Yeah, I I think that's the hard one, right? Because it's like, don't lose faith, don't lose heart. And so you pray until is what someone once told me, which I think is so good. Until what? Until you hear the answer to your question, to your heart's desire. And, you know, it reminds me of Jesus in the Garden of Gethsemane. He did this and he did it boldly, praying that the cup would be taken from him. But what I love that he followed up with was not my will, Father, but yours be done. He continued to ask, but at the same time, he knew he was fully submitted to whatever God wanted. And that scripture reference is Matthew 26, 39. It's so beautiful. He says, my father, if it is all possible, may this cup be taken from me, yet at not my will, but yours be done. I mean, I think that pretty sum, pretty much sums it up and how our attitude and heart should be when we pray about these things. Yes, I couldn't, couldn't agree more. And so I think that about wraps up what we want to talk about with this reverential fear. And I think the beautiful thing, I think for my takeaway is always to remember the awe and wonder mm-hmm. of our God, right? And just yeah. the awesomeness of who he is. You know, when we look at this overall, like our greatest takeaways, you can put them in four easy steps, which is check, which means check your heart, ask the questions to the father, take your step, and then really repeat this until, until he meets you in those places. You know, sometimes in our life when we get kind of off course or we kind of get focused on our own will, doing our own thing, I once heard someone say, it was John Brevere, he actually says, most of the time, it's not that we fall out of love with Jesus. Most of the time, we are still very much in love with Jesus, but what we lose sight of is the awe and wonder and the reverential fear of God. That's what causes us to drift. It doesn't mean we don't love Jesus because we do, but when we take our eyes off his plan onto our own, that's when we get into that place of being afraid or fearful of he might find out. So I think it's just a great way with these four steps to keep our heart in check and to keep that relationship open between God and ourselves, even when we've messed up. Because guess what? We're going to do it. But it creates that place to be safe with the Father, knowing that he cares for us and loves us more than anything. Absolutely. Well, thank you so much for joining us today. And I just want to pray over each of you as you go about your week and that you would have those reminders throughout your day that God is just an incredible, awesome, wonderful, amazing creator of the universe that we get to have a relationship with. So God, as we come before you boldly before the throne, I ask, Father, that you would be with each of your children, that you would remind them through connection and love that they can approach you about anything. They can talk to you about anything that you hear. Every worry, every concern, every plea and cry on their heart reaches to your ears, Father. And that in those moments, they can know that they are heard and that they are loved and that you hold them close in all things. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for listening. I hope our conversation deepens your understanding of God and helped you rest more fully in his grace. 
If you haven't already done so, we encourage you to subscribe to this podcast. Then you won't miss a single episode and make sure you share it on social media. We'd be super encouraged if you'd rate it as well. That helps others find it. And until next time, may you live with the courage of one who has truly been set free. Faith Over Fear is a production of Life Audio and Salem Media. If you liked what you heard today, please take a second to rate and review this podcast in your favorite podcast app so that more listeners like you can find the show. For more faith-filled, inspirational podcasts, visit us at lifeaudio.com. In a recent survey, parents reported that 52% of homeschooled children need learning accommodations. These parents need practical advice, encouragement, and hope to fuel their homeschooling efforts. The Empowering Homeschool Conversations podcast is where parents gain wisdom on how to teach unique learners successfully at home, like Laura, who recently told us, I needed this episode. I don't need a fancy curriculum or need to be a special ed teacher to teach my son. You have given me hope. To listen now, go to Life Audio or search Empowering Homeschool Conversations on your favorite podcast app.